Designed by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the leading interior design and home pro digital marketing agency. We know it works so you don't have to. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Hey, Darla here, and I have a question for you. What would it mean to your bottom line for your interior design firm if you could sign just one client from your Instagram marketing efforts? Is it 5000 10000 15000 and up? Well, if you're a principal of your interior design firm and you're overwhelmed with your Instagram marketing, you have no idea how to do, what to do, when to post, what to post, what hashtags to use, how to use ads, that the whole gamut, it's incredibly overwhelming, then I want to introduce you to Instagram for interior designers. It's Wingnut Social's very first online on-demand course with over seven modules, 61 lessons that's going to answer all of those questions for you and help you to put together a very actionable marketing strategy for your interior design firm tailored to you with workbooks and exercises and just just everything you could possibly need there. To find out more information on Instagram for interior designers, head on over to wingnutsocial.com, check out Wingnut Academy, or you can go to wingnutsocial.com slash Instagram for interior designers. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey kids, and welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, interior decorator, Darla Jethro Powell, and we're coming at you recorded, (laughs) not live, from Southern Maryland, just 90 minutes south east (laughs) of DC. Hell if I, I don't know. Geography was never a good subject, but we have a good show for you today, guys. We have, today we have Mr. Alex Tate himself, Alex Alonzo from Miami, Florida, my old stomping grounds. I was there for 52 years of my life and I um, miss the Cuban food. (laughs) It's like, you do not know. It's some of the best cuisine on the planet right there. So he and I had a discussion about that in the green room and I am hungry right now as I record this. God, I would kill. I would literally kill right now for some good Cuban food. But anyway, in this conversation, he and I go over his journey marketing Mr. Alex Tate. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Alex Tate out of Miami, Florida. He's been incredibly successful and not by accident. He's been very strategic with his marketing plan on digital, on the social media, SEO, Google, hiring a PR firm. And he walks us through how, when, and why he did all of that and the strategy and theory behind that. And I think you're going to find that very helpful. But before I, we get into this conversation with Mr. Alex Tate, I got to tell you about him. Cuban-born, Alex grew up under insanely humid Miami days. I miss him. I miss him, Alex. I miss him. After attending Northwestern University and working in advertising in Chicago, Alex moved to Los Angeles, where he worked in entertainment in the entertainment industry for many years. All along, he perfected his craft and his true passion, interior design. Alex's travels have taken him across five continents and have functioned as a constant source of inspiration for his designs. He is a voracious collector and he is drawn to anything with a story. Ah, true marketer, marketer heart. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Alex Alonzo to the show. Hey there, Mr. Alex Tate. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? Good. How are you? Nice to be here. I'm so excited to have a fellow Miamian here on the show. We were just, I know, chatting in the green room about how much I miss Florida. So lucky. I know. I know. (laughs) I don't want to rub it in, but yeah, the weather's beautiful today. (sighs) 
Well, yeah, it's raining here. It's actually <laughs> raining here today. I was going to say it's beautiful here too. And then I was like, no, I can't lie <laughs> in Southern Maryland. But you know what I miss the most about Miami? We're talking about in the green room is just the food, the Cuban food, the, the different varieties of cuisine. I have, um, KFC and Taco Bell here, <laughs> where I am. Check, got that too. <laughs> and a couple of sports bars. So, yeah, <clears throat> probably what's helped but with the extra 40 me. pounds on me. All right. So, so, Mr. Alex Tate, Alex Alonzo, we are going to talk today about your experience with marketing your interior design firm, which is actually called Mr. Alex Tate, right? So, and uh, because you have a very interesting background for an interior designer, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, you know, I was uh I was born in Miami during the eighties, which was an amazing time to have been born and grown up here, right? Yeah, um, very exciting. Yeah, and, and heaven knows I think the eighties are making a full round um in they design. Are. But um, you know, I always thought I was gonna be an engineer, to be quite honest with you. Um I wanted to do the whole Disney Imagineering. I want to create experiential rides and kind of have those five senses, you know, when you're experiencing something. Um and so I went away to college to to study that. And within the first year, I decided it was the most horrible thing that I could have ever been subjected to. Um, but uh, I was fortunate enough that I was in Chicago uh, at a college of arts and science uh, school as well that had some pretty other, uh, pretty other great uh, areas to study. So um, I left engineering, um, but uh, didn't pursue design immediately, but instead got into media and marketing immediately after college. Um, it just, it was on-campus recruiting. I had no idea what I was doing. It <laughs> sounded like it was a little bit creative, a little bit analytical, and that, that was kind of right up my alley. I did that. Um, was fortunate enough to move out to Los Angeles when that agency won business out there. They were setting up in uh, another office. Um, and who doesn't want to live in LA when you're in your 20s, right? I mean, it yeah, sounds for sure. pretty great, especially when someone else moves you out there. Um, <laughs> and eventually, as luck would have it, if you if you live in Los Angeles at some point or another, you're going to work in entertainment. And I was lucky enough that I worked for uh, a major studio um, and I was heading up the marketing um, there for, for about eight years. And, uh, and that was fantastic. I mean, that was an amazing experience to just kind of really understand how um, not just the media works, right? How do you buy and plan media, how you get your message out there, but how do you actually put a brand together and how do you, how do you build something from nothing? And then how do you go out there and promote it across all these different channels? So when the time came, as it, as it does for many of us who've worked in Hollywood, when it kind of kicks you uh, off that train and you have to decide whether you want to race after and get back on or just do your own thing, I realized that I'd always been so interested in design. I'd always been doing it on the side that it was either, it's either now or never, right? Um, it came a little bit later in life for me, but um, no complaints. I, I take the opportunity when it comes. You're so young, though. Oh, 46. 46. Oh, that's young. That's oh, young. Please. You should talk to some of the people in my office. They think that I'm like, I'm old enough to be their parent. It's crazy. They make you feel so old, but it's okay. I still control their paycheck. Um, but, you know, so it was, it was time, right? And so I think um, I spoke to my husband. I was just like, you know, I think this is, this is the moment where we do this, right? Um, where at least I should do this. And uh, having taken all that corporate experience, all that media, that marketing background, I knew that I could, I knew that I could set up a business in a way that I thought was something that I could be proud of, number one, but number two, that I think um, that we could run and make it profitable, right? Um, right. Whether anyone liked my designs, that's a different story, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's, I mean, at least I knew the back end office we could take care of. So, um, and I'll tell you, it took us about a year, it took us about a year before I actually started promoting the brand because it, really? it literally took me a long time to put it all together. Yeah. 
You were doing the design and then you promoted it afterwards or that's just when everything came together at once? Yeah. So, um, so we registered the business okay. um, and then really it took me a good 10 to 12 months before we actually started marketing it with any social, any print, any digital wow. advertising. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that we had, first of all, you have to have your processes in place, yeah. right? Um, and whether those processes work or not, you don't know until you launch it, but at least you have to have the, the background set up and, and the foundation for it. Um, and then we also set up the branding and the, you know, the brand itself. You know, what did we want to call this thing? How did we want to posture ourselves? What was our logo, um, yeah. our font, all the documents that go along with when you talk to a client? Um, we, took a ye- we took a good three to four months talking about what we call the client journey, right? So wow. the moment a client sees your name or your brand somewhere, right, um, what's your next step? How do you respond to that? Right. Uh, is it an email? Is it a document? Is it a call? So we literally map this thing out um, from the point that someone reaches out to you to the moment you sign a contract. And at every touch point, we wanted to make sure that we had, you know, something that was tangible that they could walk away from to say, like, OK, great. At this stage, you get this. At that stage, you get that. So um, so all of that took a very, very long time. Um, but, um, you know, and then you launch it, you put it together, you launch it and then hopefully the phone call. Uh, starts coming in, uh, you know, and uh, and then you test all that stuff, right? It's all theory un- up until the That's first true. person calls. If I, if I can interrupt you really, yeah. interrupt you really quick, I love that you did this. It's almost the exact reverse of what I did because you had <laughs> it really is. I just started social media marketing and was and and they just started responding the clients and I was like, oh, shit, I have to put every, I have to have my systems and processes and stuff. So I kind of did it backwards, but I, that's where I learned how impactful the digital realm was marketing and you may have some other things you want to talk about here, but that you with your marketing experience, you already kind of knew that this is going to be impactful. This is going to work. So when these people do start responding to my marketing, I need to have all my ducks in a row to, to fulfill the the leads and the generation coming in. So I love that. That's really a smart way to do it. And you took, took your time to do it and love to do that. it right. So let's talk about the first marketing efforts that you did to get the word out there for Mr. Alex Tate your design firm, what were some of the steps that you took as a, I had someone today ask me, uh, we were doing a free webinar for uh, the six, six keys to success on Instagram. You guys head over to our Instagram page to find out some more about that. And uh, someone questioned me in there said for a beginning designer, where would you recommend to invest uh, your marketing efforts in the, you know, the beginning stages of that. So let's talk a little bit about that journey. And yeah, I mean, of course you have an advantage, you're a marketer, but where dollars to the, uh, you know, on the pavement or however that goes, where did you first invest like to get the word out? Yeah. So I, I always think it's important to to dump your dollars uh, when it comes to media in things that are measurable, right. Okay. In channels that are measurable and that you can continue to optimize. And, and really what I mean by optimize is change it quickly. If it's not working, if you're not seeing yeah. any traction, change it and try something else. Right. So you've got to go with media channels that have a very low cost of entry. Right. Um, a lot of, I mean, listen, when you open up your, your business, you're going to get calls from print magazines, local ones, regional ones, whatever. You're going to get people trying to sell you ads and like golf digest little things and like <laughs> yeah. all this sort of stuff. Right. The yeah. reality is you want to be able to control your narrative um, and your brand as much as possible. And, you know, typically that starts with social media, whether it's your Instagram, whether it's I mean, I would say Pinterest is probably not the first place that I would go to, to be quite honest with you. Same. Yeah, that's true. I think it's great once you've got great portfolio and content, you can just Mm -hmm. post stuff up there. But I think your first place is to really just do something like 
Instagram, be smart about it. Um, make sure you've got a very curated, a very defined look of how you want people to see you and interpret it you as. Because I think yeah. if you're all over the place, you know, you're, it, it's going to be a little bit chaotic, but it doesn't always necessarily need to be original content, right? You could repost other people's work that you like and that you admire um, and then try to gain the system that way a little bit. So let's talk about that a second, because I know that a whole bunch of hackles just arose in the, <laughs> the podcast land because we have interior designers that are that are super cool with that. And of course, there's courtesies and, and acknowledgments and credit you have to give when you do post aspirational or inspirational work. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. How how are you navigating or you're probably not now because you have tons of original work and you're super successful. His work is beautiful, by the way. Guys, go check that out. Mr. Alex Tate on Instagram. So when you were posting inspirational aspirational work for your account, how did you navigate that? So yeah, so the first thing I always did was I reached out okay. to the account yeah. holder. And I 100%. said, hey, yep. love your work. Um, we're thinking of doing, you know, a little post on five colors that we're loving this season, right? And we love the way that you used purple, whatever. Sure. And then you say, is it okay if I if I tag you in it, if I mention you in it, and things like that? For the most part, unless there's someone who's got like 50 million, you know, followers, at which yeah. point, what's the point of touching them? Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to say yes. Yeah. And I think you just have to be humble. You have to be courteous about it. And you can't take it personally, you know, because yeah. some people are just going to say no. But I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with, completely sliding into someone's DM in a very nice sort of way to say, Hey, mm -hmm. I'm thinking about doing this and, and give them your story. Give them like your two minute byline, right? That's what I learned in entertainment, right? You've got that elevator speech. You've got like, who are you? What are you going to do? What do you want? You know, it's like, make sure yeah. it's quick, simple, and it's approachable. Yeah. And, and I love that. And so as a marketer, the, the benefit of doing that is one thing. If you're a beginning designer and you don't have a lot of your original work, it shows the work that you want to do and the work that you potentially are capable of doing, hence you know, the term aspirational. But it's a mutually beneficial arrangement in that you're helping to create traction for that account, but you're growing their brand reach and awareness by getting more eyes on their account yep. and vice versa, right? If you're sharing their stuff, you're building those connections and networking. But there are those designers out there who refuse to do it, who won't do it, and who actually hear anyone talk about it they they spontaneously combust <laughs> yeah i know i know <laughs> which is fine that's right. perfectly well, fine um two schools of thought and um yeah. that's fine if that's that's the way you want to do it but you are put leaving some brand reach and awareness on the table I'm, I'm, yeah yeah would and i concur? would yeah and i would say yeah. to those to those folks who are completely against it get over it honestly like get over it i know folks um who've got 50 and 100,000 followers on instagram and they're still mm -hmm. doing it yeah. Right. Because it's a community, right? It's a community Thank of you. designers. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I think you need to celebrate good design. Um, if it, if it, you know, if it appeals to you and you also want to be associated with designers that you have a similar sort of point of view with. And yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, I think that's how you create community. That's how you can create camaraderie mm -hmm. and best practices and sharing. I, I, yeah, yeah I, I, it honestly, there's, it, it feels like it's a win-win unless you're going to be trash talking someone or just saying like, oh, I would have done it like this. Well, let's hope. Would, yeah. I mean, <laughs> then never you're just do being that, yeah. a jerk. I mean, it's just like, you know, I would have done it with purples and greens instead of purples and yellows. I mean, who cares? Like, yeah, look, at, look at this crap design. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's hope nobody's doing that. That would be, right. that would be egregious. Every now and then I'll run across a designer who will ask us about our services. And I noticed that they're posting work that isn't theirs and they don't attribute it to anybody. Oh. And I can't even, I can't even deal with that. So That's definitely don't. 
Don't be that. Yeah, definitely tacky. Don't, don't be that person. Well, and also I would say, think about if someone did that to you, how would you feel if someone did that to you? I mean, like if someone just ripped your stuff off and didn't cite you or source you Mm -hmm. in it, you know, I mean, that's, that's not good luck. Yeah. Terrible. And I love that you said that it was community. Um, It is, it is a community and the rising tide lifts all boats. But that being said, there's a little caveat in there is if you're an interior designer in Miami, like Susan McNuggets, (laughs) <laughs> or yourself, you might not want to post or share work from your direct person that could take business away from you because right. at the end of the day, it is business. So you have to be a little strategic and, you know, smart about right. it in that way. There, It is a business at the end of the day. Okay. So social media, um, nine times out of 10, our clients are on Instagram. Our primary Instagram is their bread and butter. That's where they're getting clients. That's where they're getting DMs. That's where they're getting their their growth. Are you finding the same thing for your firm? Is Instagram okay? Yeah, yeah. It's still it's still pretty strong. I mean, we still at this point we get a lot of referrals. Um, okay, you know, nice. and a lot of organic. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, we'll, we'll probably get an Instagram referral like a couple times a month. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. That's terrific. Yeah, for sure. And we have, and you're not a wingnut client, but we have had many guests on who get their DMs or get their clients from Instagram from their Instagram marketing source. Okay. So social media, what's another, what's another channel? <laughs> I'm so social focused. I'm like, is there anything else? Yeah. Are we talking, are we going to billboards? What's next? <laughs> so for me, so, so we actually hire, we hired an agency. So okay. early on, I knew that whereas I, I, I knew that I could play with Instagram. I sure. knew that I could play with Facebook. I could, you know, whatever. Um, I had a general competency for those things. It changes so fast. Yeah. Um, and there's so much details into it that, you know, you need someone to kind of really take the reins on that. For but sure. beyond that, if you want to stay competitive, AdWords, you know, or, you know, pay-per-click and things like that yes. is still critically important at the local level. Yeah. Right. So you, and so for that, it was one of those things where I kind of, I had worked and done some Google AdWords and training and I kind of knew how it generally worked, but I wasn't about to spend 10 hours, you know, every two days trying to figure out and optimizing this. So we set out um, to hire an agency um, mm. and we did an RFP. We did a very simple RFP a request sure. for proposal. Um, and we surveyed a few agencies. We, we honestly, we Googled and we tried to find <laughs> agencies who worked with small businesses, right? Cause you're, we're not a huge, we're not McDonald's, you know, we're not Macy's. <laughs> we don't have, you know, thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars in budgets. Right. So you need to, Make sure that you're finding someone who has worked with your budgets, perhaps in your category, which is hard, right? Yeah. Not a lot of people, uh, not a lot of agencies just dedicated to interior designers. Yep. I know one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but that have not done, you know, that have the competency in doing it and know the regional level of, you know, yeah. of like getting in there. So you, we did our homework. It took us about three months to find the right agency to handle our, you know, our pay-per-click and our optimization of our website and all that good stuff. Um, and then. We knew it was going to be a risk, right? We we identified a budget early on of what we knew we could spend for that full year. Um, we discussed it with them. Is this enough? Is this not enough? Um, what are the terms? Should we do yeah. it six months at a time? Like, so we went through all that. Um, and we've had them now for, I want to say, five years. And wow. That's and so they've, yeah, great. We've seen them get smarter in interior design, right? Because they, they had a <laughs> lot more builders and, you know, that sort sure. of stuff. Right. Um, and they're they're actually based out of Texas. And we've also gotten smarter. So. I think it's been mutually beneficial. And that's the other thing that I would say is, whereas I love being able to, you know, being able to zig and zag and things like that and optimize your budgets. If you don't need to, you cut it here, you put it there, whatever. You do have to give things time to mature and breathe. And you can't just be so reactive like that. It it takes a minute. 
I'm so glad that you said that because in market, it does take a minute. And if you're expecting to, if you're, whether you're hiring an agency or you're doing it yourself to have people busting down your door in a month, three months, even six months or a year, sometimes yep. it's not going to happen. You have to be patient because I, and it's the same thing, patient. It, it's same thing that happened with me with Wingnut. People weren't busting down my door within a year or two years. It's just, putting out the content, the content mm. marketing and building that, that authority in the space and then the no, the, um, no like, and trust. And now they kind of are okay. right. I've had to put an extra screw on the door mm. <laughs> or an extra <laughs> bolt on the door, but it's not, it wasn't overnight. We've been at right. it this for five years doing this. So, but everything, all the blood, sweat and tears and all the investment that we put into the marketing up until then, hundred percent worth it. Yep. So our, the clients that have been with Wingnut Social who have been the most successful are the ones who've been with us, the two, the three. And I think we have a couple maybe going on three and a half, four years now. So, and it's, they're, they're growing and changing their strategy. We're, uh, you know, adapting and changing with them and the marketing. And those, those are terrific relationships. Your firm is very uh, lucky to have you. And, and so the one thing I would say to that also is um, in order to find the right partner, you've, You've got to under also understand what you're looking for, right? And I know it's really hard yeah. if you if you don't have a marketing background, right? Yeah. Um, so you have to find someone if you don't know a lot, or if you're new to media and marketing and and social and everything, you need to find someone who is going to be patient with you during that learning curve, right? Yes. Um, because sometimes people will say, "Oh my God, I, I just gave you all this money and nothing's happening," and you're just like, "Well, <laughs> you've gave me zero content, <laughs> or it's poorly shot, or you know." So there there needs right. to be this. This under, there's an onus also on us giving you the money, you know, as an agency to say, like, this is the best work we've got. And you've got to be honest about it. We yeah. don't have a lot of content. We don't anticipate having more for another six months or whatever the case may be, because everything's taking longer or whatever. Um, can you do something with this? And I think you just need to be extremely honest and transparent about that, because it helps us set expectations about what the end result is going to be, what the relationship is going to be like. Right. right. I think on both ends. Um, and I think that's that's critically important because I can tell you the amount of content we had five years ago in terms of portfolio work yeah. versus what we have now is night and day. Right. Um, and it's and there were different price points. Right. So like it, so it was completely different portfolio of work back then than it is today. Are you an interior designer looking to expand your reach and attract more clients? Well, we've got just the solution for you. Wingnut Social is the leading social media marketing agency designed exclusively for interior designers. Picture this, your stunning designs showcased to a vast online audience, generating buzz and capturing the attention of potential clients. With Wingnut Social, you can transform your social media presence into a powerful marketing tool. Wingnut Social understands the unique challenges faced by interior designers when it comes to social media marketing. That's why they've created a comprehensive strategy tailored specifically to your needs. With Wingnut Social, you'll have access to expertly crafted content strategies, custom tailored for the interior design industry. Say goodbye to those days of staring blankly at your screen, wondering what to post next. Wingnut Social takes care of that for you, ensuring your posts are engaging, relevant, and captivating. But it doesn't stop there. Wingnut Social also provides in-depth analytics, allowing you to track the performance of your social media campaigns. Discover which posts are resonating with your audience, identify new trends, and make data-driven decisions to maximize your marketing efforts. And the best part? Wingnut Social offers personalized coaching and support. Our team of social media experts will guide you every step of the way, sharing insider tips and tricks to elevate your brand and increase your online visibility. So why wait? Take your interior design business to new heights with Wingnut Social. Visit wingnutsocial.com today to learn more.
Wingnut Social, where stunning designs meet social media success. Yeah, for sure. If, if an agency is spending time sourcing, you know, UGC content or getting permissions from other designers to share the work, so that is a lot more time consuming for yep. sure. So you do kind of have to know that, know the scope. And to your point, a lot of, especially in the interior design world, although I do think that the designers and architects are getting a little bit more savvy with the marketing piece and especially on the digital end, they don't really know what they don't know mm -hmm. to expect and how marketing works. So there is a huge educational component on the agency side to your point about being patient and, mm. and working and educating the interior designer. I do love that you said that. So AdWords, Google AdWords. Mm. Uh, so for people, are they, are they still calling them Google AdWords? I think they've changed. I don't yeah, do a lot. It. I don't do a whole hell of a lot of them. My, my director does Taylor Garrity does those, but how in depth were you uh, in that realm as far as targeting like the Miami audience? And that was that, would you say that would be secondary to the social? And then I want to ask you about paid social. Yeah. So that would be um, at, right now um, we're doing a lot more on the pay-per-click side on okay. the SEO and SEM okay. than we are on the, on our social spend. Okay. Um, because just we've been branching out into other territories. Ah, and so okay. we've been, we've been allocating dollars to different markets. Mm -hmm. um, and so for example, we had, uh, we had an interesting project in the Caribbean this year early this year. So that kind of opened up another opportunity for us to test an international market. So we're allocating dollars towards different markets. And we've had projects in Boston and projects in DC and projects in Salt Lake City and Phoenix. So we're constantly kind of, you know, siphoning off a little bit of dollars here and there. So that's why yeah. that's kind of ballooned a little bit. Are you doing any paid ad advertising campaigns on social in that regard, you know, with geotagging and, and yeah. making? And, okay. And how are you finding that? Yeah, so we'll do a few here and there for like the right projects, to be quite mm -hmm. honest with you. Um, the other thing for us is that we, not that there's any seasonality to design, if you will, but we look at our portfolio of work and when things are going to be photographed and shot. And then we look at it and we say like, these are, we definitely want to add some dollars behind this, right? Because these are really strong. They really represent the brand. It's a full house tour. It's something like that. And then obviously we have to then coordinate that with our PR agency to make sure that that hasn't been promised to a publication or something like that. So, so there's a lot of that going around as well. So yeah, so our media mix has actually um, is, is quite diverse at this point, right? So we've got some social um, and social advertising that we'll do. We'll do our pay-per-click. Um, we'll, we obviously have a PR agency that also helps us, you know, run that whole side right. of the business. So there are a lot of different uh, elements in the media mix right now. What would you say to a beginning interior designer who was just getting in or maybe a year or two designer when, if they were to ask you, how much should I spend a month or a year on marketing? Mm. What would, yeah, I know, right? It's a, that's a tough one. I yeah. mean, I have a, per, I have a formula kind of, but when you're new, you don't really have a, a gross yeah. right. <laughs> income to base it off of. Yeah. Right. So I, so I would say it really depends on your market, right? And how competitive your, your city is where you're doing work. Um, but you know, I, if, if the content is good, it depends also how much you've got, how many uh, ads you intend on doing that month. Yeah. Um, I typically would try to do, when I first started, I would try to do at least two ads and see which one performed better, right? Like an A and a B test. Sure. And I would probably allocate like a hundred bucks against it for a couple of weeks and then each one of those and just see how it did. Again, this was five, seven years ago. So it might be a little bit more expensive now, but yeah. I think if you're spending anything, you know, whatever you can afford, I wouldn't overextend yourself. That's the other thing too. Like you don't yeah. want to get into all this stuff. So if you find, if you test a couple of things and you just find that you're overwhelmed or you just don't know, 
that's when you start picking up the phone and you start calling <laughs> our friend over here on the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's when you call Wingnut Social. So, um, which is, it's better to delegate that kind of thing, especially, well, For even sure. five years ago or four years ago at your level, being the, the face and the founder of your firm and the, the principles, there's the word I'm looking for. You're hourly is a lot more well suited to you being the rainmaker and doing the design work and doing the bigger, the picture high dollar stuff than it is sitting and fiddling around on Instagram or (laughs) on on Google ads. Right. For sure. And we would tell uh, design clients to come to us at wingnut for, for the marketing when we're talking about the paid part of social that they bristle a little bit. Oh my my gosh, you know, delegating it out is already an investment. Now I got to pay for ads too, because above and beyond organic, it's just helps to facilitate and hasten some of that brand reach and awareness and getting, eyes on your account but we're talking 25 50 100 bucks nothing crazy to put a little bit of paid spin behind those posts that are doing really well it can make a huge difference so yeah you're right you don't have to go crazy in the beginning and just test it and see what's working what isn't pull it back try something else to that point i think that's kind of why you hire someone to do it you you need you need a recommendation um Mm -hmm. you need someone who knows does this day in and day out and who knows the market right um because sometimes I, i think when we first started out like we had um, for like for Google AdWords at the time, let's say maybe we had like 800 bucks and they're like, oh, honey, $800 isn't going to do anything in Miami for you. You know, and you're just like, yeah. OK, then you won't maybe even I show need, up. Yeah. Right. I, then maybe I need to pause for just a minute until I've built my coffers a little bit mm-hmm. and then have enough for them to play with. You know, so there's a lot of that. You know, there, there's really you, you need to take a moment and you need to look at folks who can really recommend and kind of guide you and steer you in the right direction. Um, and so it's really, it's critically important. So like, so when someone comes to you right over at Wingnut, um, you're going to look at their, you're going to be spending their dollars. Like if it was your own money, right. Yeah. You're not just like, Oh, I know that they, they're sitting on a lot more. Like, no, you're going to have a frank conversation. This is what this will probably get you based yeah. on your experience. Don't expect anything more, anything less than that, you know, and you, you set expectations as best you can. Right. So, yeah. A hundred percent. for Yeah, for sure. And you're right. $800 gets you nothing in Miami. <laughs> Miami's in, even when I was with Howl's, I did Howl's Pro for a minute. I don't know if you've ever uh-huh. done that, but they, they sell you like certain areas. And even that yeah. was crazy. It yeah. just Miami's such a competitive market. Yeah. So do you do any analog marketing for your firm right now? You did mention the PR side. Is that, mm-hmm. that your effort for as far as exposure in magazines and et cetera? Or, yeah. or what else do they handle for you? Yeah. So, and that's the other thing. Um, mm-hmm. When you think about what you want to get out of your ad dollars, that whatever you're spending, whether it's social, whether it's um, print, whether it's AdWords, whatever the case may be, um, radio, I don't know. Um, <laughs> does anyone listen to that anymore? I don't know. Um, but, you know, sometimes you think, oh, I'm going to do this ad in this monthly magazine and people are going to call me. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's not going to happen just because you pick up a magazine all the time and you probably read it and all that good stuff. So that's more of like a branding play, right? That's just kind of saying like, hey, this brand exists out here. You know, it's like we're here. Think right, about us someday. In at the some point, it's a longer <laughs> lead sort of return. Yeah. Right. So I think if you're at if you're early on, you're looking for those calls, you're looking for those quick calls. So um, so you focus on whatever's going to drive a lead. And a, driving a lead is anything from a Google AdWords or a, a cost per click or mm-hmm. a social, um, you know, social promotions and things like that, that will really yeah. kind of drive your DMs. Um, but things like, you know, print, um, things like outdoor or flyers or mailers and all that good stuff, even though they can be quite captive, right, in terms of like, you know, doing a direct mail piece. Yeah. 
you know, it's not going to give you that immediate, you're, you're not going to, and you're also not going to be able to measure how effective it was because yeah. it is a bit of a, it's a legacy media. So, right. So all the metrics aren't necessarily there. Um, so you won't necessarily results, but maybe someone will call you six months down the road, you know, <laughs> like they'll say, I saw your ad in this magazine, like, you know, like. Yeah, you're right. That is, that is a long-term play. And I, I see a lot of designers will ask me, hey, you know, uh, Architectural Digest wants me to be in the magazine. And, in, and initially I'm like, oh my God, that's so amazing. But it, and it's only $3,000. Right. <laughs> Don't do that. And I'm like, Don't well, do, do you have $300,000 in your bank account right now? Then sure, go for it. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Because right. getting in a magazine like that, you're right, is not going to get, I can't tell you how many designers have said, I did this advertorial or I, even I was featured and nothing, my phone, I thought my phone would be ringing off the hook and it, that did not happen yeah. but if you layer those experiences exactly. if you get organic press or for your you have a pr firm that's getting you the press and you're getting right. and you layer those and you build that background and build that backbone of expertise and talent and you're the go-to three four five years right <laughs> right, right right pays right. off in spades it pays well, off. And, and 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 to that point i i didn't i didn't hire a pr agency my first my second or my third year Okay. Right. I hired an agency further in okay. because I also knew that I needed a really good portfolio of work that was magazine worthy. Right. Yeah. Or that I would even want to share to PR agency to, you know, to rip it apart and tell me like, this ain't good. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> It's got to be really, really good. Right. And it was when we finally had those, you know, million dollar projects, those $750,000 projects, those $2.5 million projects that you're just like, okay. These should yeah. be somewhere, right? Um, and again, that's that's kind of a, a different area that kind of we're competing in, right? I'm not saying you have to wait till your budgets are that big to get there, right? Every city is different. Um, and there's a lot of regional um, and local press that can also do a lot of heavy lifting for you, yeah. right? Um, and so a good PR agency will help you identify those. Um, if you don't, you know, if you don't stumble on it yourself at a cocktail party or networking somewhere, you know. <laughs> I love that you had that restraint to to know, okay, maybe my projects aren't quite at the PR level, but then as soon as you were starting to get there, like, okay, now it's time to pull the trigger. You're very smart with your timing. You're very patient. <laughs> I tend to be like, I want to do it tomorrow. And, and then I'm like, oh, maybe I should have waited. <laughs> I think I spent my money on everything else, probably like shirts and, you know, shoes. And I was like, ah, oh, damn, can't do it this month. You know, it's like. <laughs> right. I know. I spent mine on action figures for sure. <laughs> All right, Alex. So we know that you have a very healthy marketing synergy going on. You have got your PR, you got your social, you got your Google ads. At what point can you kind of back off on that and take a break and stop your marketing efforts for a while and maybe save that investment? Uh, so you, you never put your foot off the pedal. I mean, I think it's just a matter of you always want to have something going in the background, mm. right? And I think um, so for us, we always have some level of social. And some level of, you know, of AdWords spend, right? Mm -hmm. um, just because we know that that churns, you can decrease the investment, right? But if, you, if you've seen that giving you some momentum, you let it ride. Um, what I would say is we, we will see some seasonality, for example. Like we know we're probably not going to be taking new clients, you know, the, the last quarter of the year. Because yeah. um, so there might you might pull back on your ad spend during those months because people are focused on other things and it becomes extremely expensive anyways to be spending your dollars out there, right? For those eyeballs. So you kind of just have to ride that market a little bit in, the, in that capacity. So we find ourselves that we stay pretty, pretty strong um, always in terms of like social um, and then some of our AdWords and things like that. 
Um, but then during the holidays, we bring it back down a little bit. We let the PR perhaps kind of look for a little bit more right. things that might give us hits like editorials or listicles or things like that. And we try to like work our way into those. Um, and so it's really more of just pacing the market um, and kind of seeing where where you probably need. But again, a good media partner um, will help you identify that. Yeah. They, and then that's why it's important, like we've been talking about, that you need to have some level of consistency. You can't just try for two weeks and say, like, oh, my God, Wignet was horrible. I can't. Oh, they didn't get me those 30,000 clients I expected I was going to get. And you're like, OK, well, you're crazy. Um, you were never going to get those. Um, but if they yeah. work with you for two to three years, and it's like, hey, I've noticed a pattern in your business. Right. And yeah. I think patterns are really, really important. Yeah. And you kind of also as a business owner, you also kind of get that gut that, you know, it's like, yeah, people don't really call during X months, right? Yeah. They may be, you know, getting their kids off to school the or summer they may be, and yep. the holidays. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it, for sure. Be, um, you, well, you know, and the it slows down a lot in the summer people yeah. when people are on vacation and in the holidays. And it's so funny that you said that we actually have had a client quit after two weeks <laughs> and it's been like, Oh my God. And I'm telling you, this is just, I'll dish. I won't mention any names of course, but we've already got them. Uh, we, I think we got them a thousand percent more website visits and their metrics were already starting to improve and they just kind of panicked and they were like, Oh no, you, you know, I, I, ah. You're, you're not doing this. I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay, well, sorry, that didn't work out. <laughs> oh, you should have fired him anyways. <laughs> you well, you know, it him. may have it may have gone down that road anyway. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's just you have to be realistic with it and the yeah. the time and the investment, and it isn't an overnight thing. But when you get to the point to where you've yeah. stuck with it and been disciplined, such as you have with your firm you reap the benefits. So you have to be patient. And, and that's, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because it is an investment, yeah. right? And so um, whether it's, it, listen, money is relative. Whether you have mm -hmm. $50,000 to spend against it, 500 or 5 million, yeah. it's all relative to your business, right? I used to, when I was on the agency side, we had clients who had, you know, $50 million to put against media. And then some who had 500,000, we treated them the same way, right? It sure. was just, you had to take into perspective. Um, but I think that's why you need to make sure that you are working with someone who understands your business as well and is taking the time to do that. Um, but expectations from the get-go are so critically important because, I mean, if it was easy, I wouldn't be calling you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, would, just, it would just sell itself. You know? It's just kind of like, oh, my God, you're so yeah. great. And it's so, it's so hard to keep up with. I can't tell you how many advertising companies and Adweek and TechCrunch and Social Media Examiner and that you have to go in and each week and just self-educate yourself and go to meetings and webinars to just stay on top of all of it. it it's one week, it's one thing. And next week, the algorithms change. We're constantly you know, testing posts, testing where the hashtags go, testing where the comments go, <laughs> testing carousels, <laughs> testing reels. It's, it's insane. It right. really is. But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you, this has been a terrific insight. Uh, your firm, beautiful work. Uh, Thank you. Your success is crazy. Um, I, I love it. You guys need to go and check out Mr. Alex Tate on Instagram. Is that, but yeah, Mr. Alex Tate. I was making sure I had it yeah. right. Cause, uh, and then you have your name in the underscore Alejandro. Yeah. Ali Alejandro. <laughs> I have to ask you now, are you ready for the what up wingnut round? Oh, always. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Oh, that's an easy one. Curate fearlessly. 
Yeah. I have to say that I think that that's one of the best hashtags that we've ever had on the show. Oh, I love well, thank that. You. Thank you. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food. What is it? Oh, geez, you're going to give me pause. I, I know this is going to sound ridiculous. Pancakes. Now, that but doesn't not sound just, ridiculous. Not just any pancakes. Has anyone ever had Aretha Frankenstein pancakes? <laughs> I can honestly say I, I have not. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. You will never eat another pancake the same way again. It's amazing. It's a mix. You buy it on anywhere, Amazon, wherever it is you want. It's amazing. It's fantastic. What What is it? What's in an Aretha Frankenstein pancake? Um, well, so the powder in the mix is obviously a secret formula, but you do mm. add a little bit of vegetable oil. You add an egg. You add the... It, it's the fluffiest things you've ever tasted. Okay. I don't, I don't know. All I can right, eat well, it every day, all day. <laughs> we'll have to try that. And last but not least, please recommend a book that has impacted you either personally or professionally. Okay. So book, I'm going to be a little nerdy. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a book and I'll give you a movie just because sure. I think I'm a movie guy. But uh, too. books, I would say on the business side, The Luxury Strategy. Um, it's by Bastion and Karpfer or whatever. I don't know. It's a horrible last name. <laughs> he should have changed it for the book. Um, but it's a fantastic <laughs> book and it's, it's been put into several editions. Um, and it really kind of helps to frame the conversation about what is luxury and what isn't luxury and aspirational brands and all that. It, it was so helpful to me when I first read it, um, many years ago that I still find it so relevant today. It talks about brands that are entering the market that consider themselves luxury versus legacy brands that, are, you know. Um, so it's a great book. It's called um, The Luxury Strategy. And the movie, uh, and this is where I'm going to be just like a kid, it's E.T. Oh, my gosh. I, it's the first movie I saw in the movie theater when I came from Cuba. I was born in Cuba. Um, and it was E.T. And it was just anything was possible when I saw that movie. Like it, it was just, it just kind of like, it blew my mind. And I still love it till this day. It's That's just a terrific movie. I love that. I love oh. my, my go-to as a kid is the Empire Strikes Back. But E.T. <gasps> oh, was terrific. I was, one. I was obsessed with Han and Leia. Oh, who was that? <laughs> I, I was in junior high school. Blonde, let's say, so. let's don't, let's don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> okay. So the luxury strategy, break the rules of marketing to build luxury brands by Jean, Jean, Noel, Kapfer, and Vincent Bastian. That's the that one. That's All the right. One. That's the one. That is the one for sure. Okay, so guys, run out. I already put that on my Audible queue right there. So I will be checking that out. Alex Alonzo, please tell the Wingnuts listening where they can go to find out more about you and your firm, and we will call it a day. Absolutely. Uh, we are at MrAlexTate.com. We're in Miami, but we will travel if there's a project that needs our help. Um, <laughs> but I, I will say, if you want to find us on Instagram and just shoot me a DM or whatever, if you have any questions, I I'm kind of like an open book. You know, as long as you don't ask me what my fees are, I will tell you anything. <laughs> I will tell you my husband's pants size and his shoe size and his his social security number. But definitely Ooh, I got not nervous mine. there for a second. <laughs> okay, but, yeah. but, but not your rates. Okay, got it. Uh, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Alex, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. You're a terrific guest. Thank you so much. I don't know about you guys, but I love to hear individual interior designers' journeys from beginning to where they are now, the success of their firms. I just love it. I find it incredibly inspirational to hear everybody's individual path, their successes and their failures. And Alex Alonzo did not disappoint. And his marketing journey from being a marketer professional in the interior design, in, in the interior design, in the entertainment industry, I found uh, incredibly compelling. And I love that he didn't blow any smoke. This is, this is what he did. This is why he did it. He didn't even 
try to get delusions of grandeur within the first two or three years of his firm to hire PR because he knew he wasn't quite there yet. But he did it with a plan. He had goals. He did it with a plan and he executed it. And I'll, I'll tell you, folks, to it, his success. First of all, he's an incredibly talented interior designer. Go to Designed by Wingnut Social on the YouTube channel to see some of his, his work sprinkled in by my producer during this interview, or just go to his website, uh, MrAlexTate.com, or his Instagram, at MrAlexTate, and look at his work. Very talented designer. But there's a ton of talented interior designers out there, and, and, and Alex is special, clearly. But his marketing piece was no small part in that. And you have to keep that mindset that when you are a principal designer, an owner of an interior design business, yes, it's creative. And yes, we're doing what we love, but it's also a business. And you have to put on that hat. You have to put on that business hat and that marketing hat. And remember at the end of the day that it is a business. And because he is a marketer, he was able to take a lot of that on in the beginning. But even now he delegates it you know, to his PR firm, to his marketing agency, because he's the principal of the firm and he doesn't have ain't nobody got time for that, for that. So just keep that in mind. The marketing piece is incredibly essential to getting your firm out there and to getting your finding your ideal clients and to being discovered. There's a lot of noise out there in the interior design space. So you definitely want to stand out and be found by your ideal clients. Good on you Alex. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And remember Here's a segue for you. If you need help with marketing your interior design firm in the digital spaces, SEO, social media, that kind of situation, Wingnut Social does just that. That is all that we do specialize in. As an interior designer myself, that is how I came to owning the agency from my own success for marketing uh, what was Darla Powell Interiors when I was doing full-time interior design. My whole staff, the uh, I was going to say 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Sometimes it feels like, that, especially when we're engaging for clients. My whole staff, 40 hours a week. That's all we do. We focus on the industry and the success of our interior design clients and getting discovered on social media and uh, the Googles. So to find out more information about that, run on over to wingnutsocial.com. Hit that little let's chat button. Let's see if we're a good fit. Let's see if how we can work together. I'd be happy to chat with you. All right, that is it for this episode. Remember, until next time, to get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. Today we're joined by guest <laughs> Alex's travels has Alex's travels he has taken him. It's just like a it's like in my head it's like picture like a factory. Like the sausage goes, you know the the meat comes in, sausage, sausage out, meat in, sausage out. What would it mean to you in your bottom line if you could just Good boy Mango.